Do you wonder where you fit in these changing technological times? Is the system excluding you or including you? I'm James Felton Keith, inviting you to tune in to Inclusionism, a new code of equity, every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. I'll interview leading activists, academics, diplomats, and business people about what it truly means to be included in the 21st century. That's Inclusionism, every Sunday at 5.30 p.m. on WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem. Welcome to Inclusionism. I'm your host, James Felton Keith. Welcome to another Sunday of our nerdy show where we like to say individuals are at their best when they identify with the community and communities are only at their best when they identify all of their individuals. Um, this week we have um, a fellow congressional candidate down in New York's 9th. I yes. got that right? Yeah. Uh, Isaiah James is here. And all the way up from Brooklyn, uh, it was <laughs> yeah. a long trek. It was so a we, long trek. We're getting started a little bit late. And, um, you know, so played a little bit of music uh, for for you all. But we're going to jump right into it. We're going to take a brief break at the hour. But just wanted to make an introduction. First off, uh, Isaiah, thanks for, for joining us. Thank you there. so much for having me. Man. Yeah. It's we, a pleasure to be here. Yeah, we, we were having some, some really interesting conversations uh, off the air. Uh, just about the the state of politics today, but uh, I really wanted to spend some time digging down into who this man is. I I, I saw him really on Instagram at uh, some friends' party. One of my companies, Slate TV, did a shindig a week or so ago, or a few weeks ago, for the holiday. And I saw he was there, realized we had a bunch of mutual friends, uh, Richard. Well, Richard knows Andy. I actually haven't met him face-to-face, but we've had some chatter through through mutual friends in general. But uh, I looked at the campaign, love everything you're talking about, Thank et cetera. You. Really dig the video. So um, how is it? How's it running? How was, how was today? How was getting up here and everything else you had going on? What well, was the schedule like? Well, first ago. of all, it's always a blessed day <laughs> when I open my eyes and yeah. I can see my beautiful wife and, yeah. and start the day. So that's good. But um, schedule for a congressional candidate is pretty hectic, yes. especially a grassroots congressional candidate. We don't have a big consulting firm, all that stuff. So yeah. this is literally like we're doing everything ourselves. This is this is us on the ground. So team meeting in the morning, working in the, in the campaign office in, in the afternoon, going to speak to different uh, groups uh, in my neighborhood, attending different, like this time I attended different Christmas parties, oh, talking yeah, to the constituents time. about yeah. the issues. We, we had, uh, as a matter of fact, we had a Christmas party. I just came from a Christmas party, and we're talking about how Amazon, the company Amazon, sells facial recognition software they didn't to know ICE. That? No, a lot of people don't know that. They don't know that. It right, sells right. facial recognition software to ICE. Yeah. And ICE is now using that facial recognition software yeah. just like Google Maps. They'll drive around yeah. and get hits on people's faces and yeah. stop them. Yeah. And that that's the kind of stuff that we are trying to push back against yeah. every single day. No, um, actually, there was, a, there was a large group up here at Riverside Church up here uh, in Harlem led by mostly the NAACP and the Legal Aid Society about facial recognition in, gen- in general, especially at housing. Yep. A lot of public and private landlords, like people, just private landlords, not NYCHA, not Mitchell-Lama, et cetera, are putting up cameras now, et cetera, to see who's doing what where. And, uh, and they're also selling the data. Really quick, you know what, actually, folks, we are not going to take a break. I'm just going to... You're listening to WHCR 90.3 FM, The Voice of Harlem.
I'm just going to do that really quick. If you can believe it, that little girl is like 25 years old now. <laughs> um, <laughs> I met her not too long ago. But, um, no, with, with that said, yeah, let's, let's dig right down into it. So I was just at an event earlier today in our district up in Inwood, and to my surprise, I was there, and there were a couple of um, mayoral candidates that came yeah. by. Scott Stringer came by, some other folks, and they were talking about, to my surprise, people from the community board up there were talking about cybersecurity and tech uh, as a civil rights issue, and I really thought that for a while I was the only one ringing the bell on that. I was shocked to hear some of these folks talking about that and talking about that that's one thing, one conversation that they were looking for from their candidates. And I think it caught some of the other candidates off guard, some people running for city council, because, you know, everybody's running for city council yeah. right now, and uh, and some other folks. So I was really happy to hear that. I'm, I'm excited that you just started off with that, with going into what Amazon is selling. The, I can say this, the products that they're selling to ICE right now, are primitive compared to what they actually have. Oh, I oh yeah. I was in the, oh, you know, yeah, yeah. I was so in the military. Go, okay. Right. So let's go so, back. So you so you're also a vet. Yes. I and, served seven years, yeah. two months, eight years, two months, twenty nine days. Combat guy. Three tours. Two tours to Iraq, one tour to Afghanistan. What years were those? Uh first tour was 06 to 08. Second yeah. tour was we only had eleven months back home, so we got back January 08. That's we went right. again December 08 yeah. to December 09. And then I had a four-month break in between. They shipped yeah. me to Germany. Then I went to Afghanistan from June of 2010 to June 2011. What was the break like? Were you, I mean, you were already married? You, no, you no, 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 no. I was, uh, no. You had time to, like, there is no have downtime. a latte no, and meet no, somebody? No, no, no. no because four months ain't nothing. When, for, when I came back for the year, yeah. when we came back for 11 months, I was a single soldier, and I was an infantryman. Yeah. So all we, everybody knows about infantrymen. They know about the famous Harlem Hellfighters. Mm. I was, all we did was train because we're going right back again. Yeah. So I spent my twenty, my eighteenth, nineteenth, and twentieth birthdays in Iraq, because my first tour was fifteen months. I spent my twenty-first birthday in Texas. Spent my twenty-second birthday training to go back to Iraq. Wow. Spent my twenty-third birthday in Iraq. Spent my twenty-fifth birthday in Afghanistan. So all my formative years as an adult were spent in combat. And you were what? Like how how old were you? I mean, that's from eighteen to twenty-seven. I got wounded in combat, and they retired me at ninety percent disabled at twenty-seven. How old are you now? I'm 34, 33. 33. I'll be 34 in October. Oh, okay. You just turned right. 30. Yeah. Yeah. Just. I'm getting old happened. though. Yeah. No, my, it's happening. That's a real age. No, my knees feel it. <laughs> they feel it. <laughs> no, and that, that's a real age. A 20 year old will call you an old man. Bro, yeah. I, I listen. When yeah. I get out of the, off the couch, I'm like, yeah, I'm an old. Yeah, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm an old man. I'm an old man now. It. No, so yeah, that those were formative years. Uh, yeah, from what you said, 18, 18 20, right so out of high school. That's a decade. Yeah. Um. And so you went right in, came right out. What was sort of, do you call it retirement? Is that? That's what Uncle Sam called it. I mean, I'll show you my ID. It says U.S. Army retired. Retired. So at 27, I remember when I got out of the Army. Yeah. At one one day I was in the Army. They signed the paperwork. Yeah. And I remember the the soldier who signed me out of the Army. He was like, all right, bro, good luck. And the next day I was a civilian. Yeah. And I had been... And war for years, right. seeing death and destruction. And then the next day I had to figure everything out. Yeah. No more support system, no more anything. So I went through a really dark period. I'm talking about suicidal ideations, drinking, all that stuff. A real dark period. How Until, long did that last? That lasted yeah. about three years. About three years. Just didn't didn't care about life or anything. Cause That's a long time. It was. For a young. And then, yeah. yeah. And Anybody then in I, the 70 to three years I met time. my wife. Yeah. During and, that time. 
Yeah. Well, actually, funny story how I met my wife. Yeah. I slid into her DMs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's slightly youthful. That's millennial. Yeah, yeah. That's one of my buddies. One of my buddies yeah. that I knew. You know how you scroll through Instagram and you see the stories. Yeah, you're like, who's that? That's exactly what I yeah, saw. I saw that and I was yeah. like, I saw my buddy liked her picture. I hit him up. I was like, yo, who is that who is young that? lady? Yeah, yeah. He's like, oh, I went to school with her. Yeah. I was like, hook it up. He's like, nah, no, you got to put your own work in. Oh. So I slid in her DMs for months. I was like, hey, hello, how you doing? Yeah. Hope you have a good morning. I was like, I hope she answers me. Was she saying anything? Oh, right, no, she, she wasn't. can't see it on the back end because you're not already linked But I was her. commenting on her pictures, like beautiful picture. Oh. And I know she would see it because she would skip over my comment and answer the one under it. Yeah. So I was like, like, I, was like I, I know she see it. You I was like, her anyway. Keep going. I was like, just give me one shot. Yeah. She said, hello. I was like, boom, I'm in there. I'm in there. Tap dance. And that was four and a half years ago, and yeah. now we've been married for two years. Wow. Okay. Now <laughs> yeah. that's extraordinary. I think, <laughs> is, is that a story people know? That's, no, a lot of people don't know that. Good. No, yeah. I think, uh, yeah, that's a big deal. And so, and so then, what, a few years after that, you said, look, I'm going to get into politics. I mean, no, what, no, 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 right. no, no, no. Okay, right. So what, <laughs> what happened after no, that? Well, well when, I, when I met her, I knew... The type of woman she was, she's so godly. She's so yeah. loving. Yeah. She's, she's a teacher. She teaches three and four-year-olds. Yeah. You know, pre-K and, yeah. and 3K. The noble I stuff. was like, there's yeah. no way this woman is going to accept me the way I am. I have to go seek help. Mm. I was like, because I, I can't be the man that I want to be for her mm. with all of my demons still casting a pall on me. Yeah. So I was like, yo, let me go seek help. So I went to therapy at the VA and all that stuff and work through all those issues. And now she is my main source of strength. Anytime I have a bad day or anything, I just go yeah. and talk to my wife. We don't have to say, I literally just lay in the bed with her, just lay next to her and feel her energy. I don't even need yeah. to say anything. And then, uh, when I started to get my undergrad degree, I started working with student veterans because yeah. I was trying to help them transition and not have such a hard time like I had. Sure. So within that, I was doing a lot of activism work, so meeting with local politicians. Yeah, my local politicians. Yeah, I've seen the past. I think you've been in the background with a yeah. lot of politicians over yeah. the, you know over the long while. And, and, and like, I was yeah. I was in the background. I'm the guy protesting. I'm the guy right, bird dogging. You, and you, you need to change this behavior. So I met with my congresswoman now, Yvette Clark, Yvette, right. the one I'm challenging. And I pushed her on the Amazon deal. I was like, yo, you can't get Amazon to come here because they're going to destroy the community. She's Where like, was she on the Amazon deal? She signed a letter. She signed a letter. Sure. Urged them. And now, look, Amazon's coming to New York. No, and yeah, they, we and are, they, yeah. And they didn't get that $3 billion yeah, attack. AO went over. Yeah, AOC is, yeah. So, listen, I'm, yeah, I, yeah, I'm, not a, I'm not, you know, averse to business. Yeah. But we can use money sure. to help. The, so, and then she wouldn't, she wouldn't back off that. I was like, okay, please, well, don't take any corporate donations. Don't take any big real estate donations or any of that stuff. Ooh. And she's like, oh, I'm not going to tie my hands in the race. And I was like, all right. I went home and told my wife, I was like, either this woman doesn't care yeah. or she just doesn't get the climate on the ground. Like, people are losing their homes. Yeah. Our community is being gentrified. Like, people who have lived there for decades. Sure. That community, which literally started my family's American dream. Yeah. Flatbush is where my father came from. From yeah. Jamaica, with nothing in his pocket, right? To be a day laborer to pick apples upstate. Yeah, Flatbush is where he settled, and that community that started my my family's history yeah. is being washed away. And she just wouldn't she wouldn't budge on it. I was no, like, it totally right. is, yeah. I was like, I okay. Mean, when I get so, down there, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was like, it's like Harlem. Yeah, yeah. people are like, what? This is a different and place. Harlem. This is even. This is this is the American. This is the Black American nucleus Dude, but it's Harlem. The, the crazy thing is, even you saying it, so we were down, some of my team were down at Congressional Black Caucus, you know, yeah. as insurgents trying to punch our way in. And we really went down there talking, really on behalf, like I was born, I was raised in Detroit, yeah. and then came over here. But, you know, we were talking about all these cities, the, you know, 
again, p- certain parts of Brooklyn, Jamaica, Queens, the Baltimore's, the New Orleans, the St. Louis, the southern part of L.A. County, you name it. Anyway, we were down there talking to CBC like, yo, we lost Harlem. Uh, are y'all trying to get it back? Is this a thing? And they were like, ah, have you walked around Harlem lately? You know, over there on Broadway? I don't think we lost. I think I think it's in the last throws. Do, and we need to do something about it. Yeah, well, you know what I mean? that's the thing. So, as long as I can walk yeah. down Malcolm X Boulevard, we ain't lost Harlem. Oh, we live on you Malcolm X Boulevard. Just, I'm on one way. As long as I can see Adam Clayton Powell Jr. Boulevard, we ain't lost it. There you go. But we we have to do something we gotta be to preserve the legacy yeah. of black America. Yeah. This is where we, my grandmother yeah. came from Jamaica before my dad get, did. So my, my mother mother came from Jamaica in the 30s. My mother was born first generation American in rural Mississippi during the the 50s. Mm. So she experienced deep, deep segregation. And my grandmother was part of that black flight that came up here to escape it. And they came to Queens. So, And my dad came to to Brooklyn. So I understand. I come from a lineage of fighters. Of people who don't accept their situation in a station. Like, yo, we got to change our station. And I, I, we can't let Harlem do This is Harlem. That's all I guess. This is Harlem. You're right. Look, I think there's so many. So what year were you thinking, I'm meeting with Yvette, I'm asking her not to take corporate jobs? Because I do think. That was I, last year. That was last year. Okay. January 2007. No, not 2017. I think it was 2018. I still got the picture in my phone. Because I'm even thinking about, like, there's a whole, obviously, you, you've seen the landscape, and for anyone who hasn't, you can just Google. There's a whole slate of, again, 30-somethings, older millennials, et cetera. I'm right now, I'm 38, and folks are, funny enough, this 30-year-old the other day was like, uh, you're the oldest millennial. I know. I'm like, dude, give me. It doesn't go to, like, 45 or something like that? No, no, no. We at the edge. 1980, 1981. I'm, I'm 81. So oh, I'm 86. We're right there. Yeah, that's it. 70s, we can't we can't let them kick it with us. Like that. Now, <laughs> nah. Anyway, um, but no, I think a lot of the people in power, even if they were... If, if they were wise about their times when they got in, I think a, a bit of it is there's a lack of urgency. And they don't, they're they not thinking about we, we're we desperate. Like not They don't see the 20,000 foot picture. We can't get our eyes checked, teeth clean. We can't eat. We can't find work. And I, even, I was talking to some really higher up, some elders from NAACP, and they were calling me baby. And I was like, I'm my mother's age when I went to college. I appreciate you, you know, looking for a little deference in this conversation, (laughs) but I ain't a baby. You know, I mean, they call 60-year-olds baby. At the same time, you're like, you don't know what we need right now. I should be reaping sort of the benefits that you all thought you expected in your generation, and we we have none of that. I tell my wife this all the time. I don't know what happened in the state of black America, but it's like after the civil rights bill, we took our foot off the gas. That's a good one. We took yeah. our foot. Because think yeah. about it. We have been so downtrodden yeah. and so disparaged from American society yeah. that we as a people were just, we just wanted to be seen as equals. Sure. So when we got the Civil Rights Bill, people were like, okay. But all the racism did, it wasn't on Front Street anymore. Right. They took off the white robes and put on black robes as judge robes. Yeah, they did. They, took, yeah. they, took, they didn't ride horses no more. Yeah. They ride in police cars sometimes. Yeah. So all the, all the racism did was seed to the background. Mm. I like my racism up front yeah, yeah, so yeah. I can see it, That's so I know how yeah. to combat it. Yeah. Because I see people all the time talking about this white person said the N-word or that. Yeah. That don't matter to me. Because yeah. when the judge sentenced you, he don't say N-word, stand up. He say, Mr. So-and-so, would you rise? Right. And he sentenced your ass to three years for a bag of weed. Right. Very, they call you Mr. Very respectful, the, uh, though you have Will you please rise for the court? Yeah. Thank you, sir. Exactly. And they, they sentenced your ass with the mandatory minimum. So yeah. I like yeah. my racism on front seat. I did. When I first got here, we were trying to start, you know, I thought I could work around the system. I thought, you know, 
I can't go the regular route, work my way up, get to where I want. So I was like, we'll just start punching in early. We'll build software, try to sling that, start funds around it, keep our own money, reinvest in what we want, et cetera. I was naive. A lot of stuff didn't work. It was, a, you know, we were in our early and mid-20s at that point. But I spent years really selling a company that we built here in New York and South Africa. And everyone's like, how was that? Was it crazy? Were they racist? Did they hate you? And I, I had some really interesting bouts with Afrikaners, like the white uh, yeah. South African the over there. And I actually appreciate it. You know, they would call me colored over there because I'm, you know, light-skinned. They still say that? Oh, yeah. I mean, but it's like a regular term. They call the Indians colored. Like, you either black or white or colored. They call it colored. They call it like that. So anyway, these old Old guys, they call them bulls, like the older men who are uh, Afrikaans, Afrikaans, and they go, you know, it was like, look, I'm sure you're bright, you know, I'm sure you got good things to say, but I just can't trust dealing with you. I can't do business with you because you color, and I'm going to have to cut this meeting short. And a piece of me appreciated that because I was really over there kicking it because we couldn't sell the app that we were trying to sell to Morgan Stanley, and they were inviting us in every day, letting us demo to the nines. We're like, but how do you all know how to do this? And they wouldn't give us, they wouldn't fund us, they wouldn't become a client of ours. And like a couple of weeks later, they and a larger coalition of banks funded our competitive app. It's like a $500 million company right now. Our firm had to move over to Hong Kong. It was a company called Accrue.com. Uh, and we just, we just couldn't break through. And it was really because a lot of folks, the majority of the questions that folks were asking in those boardrooms were, Why, how do you know any fucking thing? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I just realized I need to like curse and retract that. But anyway, hopefully Angela's not listening. Anyway, um, so specific to what you're saying, I, I appreciate the urgency. Seeing seeing you run, seeing, you know, everybody run. I know y'all got is it a three way race? Five way. Five, okay. Wow. It ain't as bad as New York fifteen. I wasn't paying attention. No, New York fifteen <laughs> is the worst. It's yeah. open, but that's like what, seven, sixteen people running in that race? Yeah. I mean, look, about six of them look realer than real. But and listen, then yeah. I'm you'll never yeah. I'm the listen, I don't care if there's fifty people in my race. Sure, sure. Democracy cannot exist in a vacuum. No, I totally there's agree. There's seven hundred and fifty thousand yeah. people in a congressional district. How arrogant it's it ever mean? If they not, if they taking yeah. the data right. But how arrogant is it to say only three people should run? Yeah, only no. three people have the answer. I don't care if fifty people get it. I really think, and you can see the ones who are making the noise. I mean, hence your, you know, I've seen your profile around, and the people who are making the noise, they will capture a piece of that elector and be able to drive the priorities of that elected, whoever they end up being. Yep. Um, and that's really when we started running up here. I mean, I think we're running against an old antiquated guy. I don't. I don't think he gets what's going on outside of the very conservative, racist, and homophobic things he's done in the past. We're really not running against all of that. We're really running with a sense of urgency about what do the next twenty years look like, yeah. and how do we plan to plan them like day one in twenty twenty. And a lot of these old guys who are slightly on the fence about certain issues, whether it's there is, yeah, there is no yeah, they, they, like they don't have a. You got to have a bit of foresight at this point in time. We're so desperate. We have zero infrastructure. But the thing is, we've been fighting these fights for the longest. No, we have. Yeah, you know I mean, like you said, the next twenty years. NWA said f the police in the eighties. Yeah, right. It's thirty. We still saying that because I do think we haven't addressed it. I will say this. I do think no matter how successful we are, like this is an uphill battle no matter what. I think we will be fighting this fight for, I'm hoping I'm around for another 40 years. I think we'll be fighting these fights for 40 years because even after we implement sort of significant change, the very real, in my experience, the very real effort to dilute any change that we've implemented 
will will exist. You know, like I think the arch nemesis of humanity is a guy named Grover Norquist. Uh, I know about the, him. The, yeah. the, the no, the no. I mean, he's the reason the that no one. Policy. He's the reason there's no money in the system right now. But he's he, he's part he's of grind, the I mean, he represents sort of a neoconservative wave that hit this place 50 years ago. Yeah, I know. And about they him. are winning to the nines. And They're the winning fact that because we're so complacent. Not, well, I don't yeah. think we're not complacent. I think this we're just this we're we're disillusioned. Because just people, as. People, on, people on know. Our side of the coin in yeah, general. we know sure. the problems. Well, I think a lot of people have been put in to look like they're with us. Like I think you that's know, the, I think and that's the problem. Bill De Blasio after I don't, I don't even talk. Now, I just gotta say for, for people who, who don't get it, because I was talking about having, it, and I'm gonna be real quick, and then we're gonna go right back in. Yeah, because a lot going on here. Nine, but he he did. It's being exposed now as a bad job, but he did a really interesting dance as if he was trying to engage communities and making decisions, but was really doing a workaround. So, like, we got a lawsuit up in Inwood right now about rezonings, which really hit us in a way via the Bloomberg administration. De Blasio, you know, forwarded all that stuff, but tried to make it look like I care what local politicians say, I care what the community board say, I care what activists say, and they actually railroaded it right over it. They have no real legal authority. Um, and so outside of even what we can do in D.C., I'm really looking forward to and a lot of work that we've been doing up here is trying to build coalitions with people running for state and municipal yeah. offices. Say we actually have to change. I think we need to build more democratic structure in general, like more people with more veto power in larger housing complexes. We need more land trust. We need the community board to be an actual Sound um, like you read my housing platform. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah, housing awesome. for all. Yeah. yeah that's what I'm but before they existed, like I used to have my, you know, Sheila Foster used to be here. We were just tweeting back and forth earlier today. And, you know, my background is really, I'm a mechanical engineer. I spent like my, like my whole life just trying to beat up lawyers to get them to make arguments on our behalf. My whole workaround for society has been writing data policy so that I have evidence of how we exist in the world, yeah. whether it's economic or sociocultural, political or technological, to start to make arguments that we couldn't previously to say, number one, you owe me some money. Number two, you owe me some dignity. Uh, like the housing uh, lawsuit that we have against HPD in the city right now from yeah. Inwood is really geared around racial bias. Even though a lot of folks will say, well, it's not racial bias. It's saying there's racial bias and there's a lack of process in place that you can execute that we can hold you accountable to. And as a result, now you have to build that process or you're negligent and we're suing you. I think I'm a fan of suing, not because it's you know the tool of choice, but because it, and it requires us to have a public argument. And yes. if we have a public argument and we have that process of discovery, then we can make it too expensive. Was it Justice, to say, Supreme Court Justice William Breyer? Yeah. Said sunlight's the best disinfectant? Yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I mean, so it's the thing. So I think people want to bring... Trans I, what I like about, um, again, folks from... Like, really, everyone that's endorsed you and all the, the new people running with the with the roses on their profiles. We're going to get into that. We're gonna get, they're trying to shine light. And I get a lot of flack from, you know, left and right. Like in this district, when Bernie ran, you know, 2016, he won one ED. Yeah. So, you know, there, there wasn't a lot of infrastructure yeah. up here. And even this time, you know, it's, it's debatable because we don't know the future. But, you know, they may have infrastructure in four or five EDs. That's, that's relatively small. And everyone will come to me like, well, what do you think? I'm like, look, I think it's necessary to inject a sense of urgency in, into what the hell we're doing here. And us acting like we can play an enemy, I think we should be calling the enemy's game, to figure out how to find our footing is ridiculous. And if someone's not willing to kick in the door, then everybody my age and everybody younger 
is is going to be left for dead. Yep. Because um, these people aren't going to see power. We have to no. wrestle, we have to wrestle it from them. But now that so so I have this other so I have this other sort of grief with again good friends up here in district like some Gen X folks and people before 1980, who and we've we've put some stuff on our website about building a pipeline like. When we win, I don't expect to have to be in this office for more than a decade. And I said this even, uh, I endorsed uh, um, a woman out in, um, in the 15th, uh, Shivana Newsom, uh, who helped found Black Lives Matter, because I'm familiar with her real activism. Okay. And I was like, if there was a black woman like you in the 13th right now, I'd really be trying to support her. But the deal is we'll try to build a pipeline. But what I don't like is when people a little bit older than us used to come to me and say, well, the Charlie Wrangles of the world, who were in office for 40 years, yeah. never built a pipe. I'm like, but did y'all ever run? And maybe run two or three. This is my second time running. I don't like, I don't like you people gotta who... You got to punch them. I don't like people who want to run yeah. when the person's retiring. Yeah. Why are you waiting? So, Get in there. No, no, when I see, oh, the person's retiring, now we're going to run. Why? Yeah. Why? Why? Which means you're comfortable with the system the way you're it right, exists. Right, You love it. No, 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 no. While we were all losing. Exactly. We were all losing for I don't, 20 I, years. Look at, the yeah. fi- look at the 15th. Yeah. The guy stepping down, not everybody. Not everybody. Where were y'all at 10 years ago? They Five years ago? Two years ago? Yeah, you're the right. The problems that we're facing now didn't just materialize overnight. No, you're right. Housing was a problem 10 years ago. You should have ran then. Yeah, that's why they, we walked through, but we walked through a building up here on 135th and Bro. It's the largest building in the Northeast, and we no one votes in there. And we're walking around, and people just like, you know, we don't vote. It's not exciting. We don't think there's a reason. But people come to the door like, if you're doing this, and you actually can't, like, no one's ever coming to my door. It's like, I are you serious? I told you they're disillusioned. They're like, I'm with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but but you're right. If someone, if we would have, if we would always be running every two years. Then it would force the candidates to actually to, to play act- ball. Listen. The stuff I see our incumbent doing now, I'm like, oh, my God. Like, he Bro, listen, to there are yeah. enough NYCHA residents in New York City yeah. to swing any election. And I'm it's, talking it's about. than we think. Yeah, there's exactly. over half a million of them. Yeah. Even the governor's yes. race. If they vote in mass and, and show their true power, yeah. the Cuomo will be down here every day knocking on doors talking to those people. No, I agree. They, I agree. I don't like people who say they want to give them a voice. They have a voice. Yeah. We need to help them channel their voice. Yeah. There are enough of them. So. And in my district, I know it's the same way. Yeah. I go in the houses, the Albany houses, the Sheepshead Bay houses. Yeah. They're like, we don't see Yvette Clark. She shows up, election time, takes the picture, kisses the baby, and then she's out of there. But it's only with the TA president. Like, they don't move yeah, around. Yeah, no, no, no. I walk I, Manhattanville yo, I, up here. Bro, I, grab like, my, I grab my you. clipboard and yeah. I just walk in there. I'm yeah. like, I knock on the door. Yeah. And the dudes that look like me sitting on the bench with their hat and all, yeah. they don't talk to them people. Yeah, they don't. They don't. Like, yo, they're scared of them. I am. No, don't let the nice coat fool you. When I leave here, I put on a hoodie and my Jordans and I'm walking around. So I'm one of those people. And those people, our generation, they haven't been engaged. Yeah. They're disillusioned. They're like, yo, why am I voting when when I can't even get, walk down the subway without being accosted by the police. Yeah. They don't think anything will Meanwhile, change. Meanwhile, during, during that Santa Claus con yesterday, did you see all that stuff on Twitter? Like the, It was like thousands of them jumping turnstiles, like left and right, nothing. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Bro. I couldn't even tweet about it. I just, I get a little exhausted. Like Sometimes I you do that. get exhausted. I walked yeah. away. I was just like... Could I throw a one-liner on this? I just, I walked away. Like, this will be, this will be That's ridiculous. what you said about de Blasio when, yeah. when he, listen. Yeah. You claim to be for the people and for race relations and black, listen. Yeah. I got a black son. You let a killer stay on the force for five years. Yeah, he did. If I choke some, he I'm six foot so eight. much noise, yeah. If I choke the man to death. Yeah. On camera. Yeah. The over. man said, I can't breathe. Yeah. And the coroner's report says homicide. If you choked him and he didn't die. I would be. Th- you, there's no way I'd be walking around for five done. years with a with a move that you know is illegal. Yeah. The move you can't. There's no way. Yeah. 
So he had, he had, listen, we live in a strong, New York City is a strong mayoral system. Yeah. The mayor is like the final arbiter. The only person that above him is the governor. Yeah. So if it's something that needs to be done, de Blasio can do it. If he doesn't do it, I'm like, that dude, tells you, you what he thinks about it. No, yeah, you're right. And, and the funny thing, yeah, when you say that, even when I saw him and his wife, it's because I was like, wow, what a real motley crew. I would love to. I thought that they were going to be interesting. I thought that they were going to be different, yeah. you know, but that's where even I think even I I was going to say we, but I won't speak for anybody else. But even I I buy into every now and again, you know, the cover of books and go, oh, yeah, we can work with that. You know, read some stuff that his wife wrote previously. And I was like, oh, OK, they're real. But but no, it wasn't like that at all. You know, he has been okay, a me, waste of time. I'll give yeah. you another. When do you, when do you think stopping first stopped? I don't think it has stopped yet. I mean, well, legally it stopped. When do you think it stopped? Like formally, where they, where they yeah, formally, issued directive, formally, yeah. directive. I would say at the end of Bloomberg's first term. Mm-mm. What would you say? Yeah, when is it? Stopped know. under De Blasio. Well, the, which well, which means yeah. Well, first of all, we knew Stop and Frisk was unconstitutional. Yeah, Bloomberg talked about. Anyway, keep going. Yeah, it means they sued yeah. to keep it going. Mm. They they it had to go to the Supreme Court to be struck down. They sued to keep it going, and. It's still going on now. They just yeah. I'm like, well, it happened today. We I got four calls today again because of the and it was a tragic stabbing over at uh, at Columbia. Yeah. So we're getting regular calls, and this might tie into something you said earlier. We're getting regular calls from folks. I was just on the phone with uh, legal aid folks telling me to spread the word for kids not to drink the water when they get detained at the police station because they're keeping the water bottles and they take DNA from it and they, wow. they're going to the database. So yeah, make sure you tell all your folks. Are you serious? That, I'm serious. But it's on a it's based on stop it's a stop and frisk strategy that they use. They're not necessarily stopping and frisking. They're stopping and talking yeah. and then they're detaining, not arresting. Yeah. But as they detain and they ask you, you know, they're like, say here, we just want to talk to you real quick, ask about the neighborhood. Are you thirsty? Are you thirsty? So that's a personal data cybersecurity and human rights issue. I but, didn't even. I, I'm abreast of a lot of stuff. I didn't even know that. Yeah, I'll put that you in touch. Far. Yeah, you gotta have wow. my uh, my friends over at Legal Aid. They've been traveling around to a lot of districts too, uh, having town halls to talk about this issue. But everyone should know: don't use the pens, don't drink the water when you're there. If you don't want, you know, your personal data in the system, it's a workaround to how they add to that personal data system. Well, they can, they yeah. still stop people now. They just, you know. All they have to say is you fit the description or, you know, yeah. we have reasonable suspicion. Yeah. Um, no, yeah. So, man, I w- we're just scratching the surface. I wish we had a couple of hours to talk. Um, what? Uh, ah, it's 626. All right. We, we got to start getting ready to go, folks. But um, well, tell us, where can we donate? What's, what's the website? Uh, Isaiah for Congress, I-S-I-A-H, right. for Congress.com. And you're not taking any corporate dollars? Not, not, not even, listen. All that because stuff. Because we got a little bit of time, folks, so I'm going to blast yeah, listen, one of my opponents. Go in there, yeah. My opponent said he's not taking corporate dollars. Who that? Who that? Say his name. Adam Toussaint Bunkadeco, I think his middle name is. Okay. He said he's not taking corporate dollars. Yeah. But he has a workaround. Yeah. All of his top donors are yeah. Wall Street financiers. Mm. All of his top donors are big real estate, big charter school, big, fi- big, big 
pharmaceutical guys. And Charters is a problem. So, yeah, yeah. He takes money yeah, from. from yeah, yeah, right. yeah, I'm with you. So yeah. he doesn't take corporate PAC money. Sure, sure. But sure. if all 50 of your top donors are and their wives are giving you max donations, sure. these people aren't donating to me because I'm coming after them. Sure. So yeah, we're not taking any corporate PAC money, any money from anybody affiliated. I'd rather get a $27 donation from the dude that's working at McDonald's than yeah. a $2,800 donation from a Wall Street financier because that person is only donating money because they want something. The guy who gives me his $27 believes in the mission of the campaign. So you can go to IsaiahForCongress.com and donate anything you can. It's all the same social media. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We're always out there. I'm always posting stuff. I'm always you know, going after the, the system and trying to, trying to change the way we live, man. Well, I appreciate you, brother. I'm, and thank you for coming all the no, way up here. It was uh, a hell of a trip. <laughs> yeah, let's keep the conversation. Yeah, we'll, we'll talk some more. Uh, Absolutely. But, you know, really, I just I appreciate the grind and that, that you and so many others are just participating in general. If we don't try to radically transform how this country works, both you know politically, economically, socially, and technically, um, we're going to lose this century, and we're going to lose the, the bit of progress that we made over the past 150 I know. years. We, we and, can't uh, take our foot I'm off the gas. i that. So, so thanks again, everybody. Uh, do go to the website. Uh, look up Isaiah James. Google it or look up uh, Isaiah for Congress on, um, on Twitter because yeah. he's everywhere.